So, Angela, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Thank you, Yvonne. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, anytime, anytime. I'm so looking forward to talking to you. So I think I just, I want to dive right in and ask, what inspired There's a Dead Girl in My Yard? Well, my co-author, Mia Altieri, actually uh, moved into a guest house in Topanga Canyon, which is north of Los Angeles, and witnessed an urn being buried in her yard as soon as she moved in. So it's based on actually real events. And she ended up becoming what I call the mourner manager when the main, the uh, owner of the main house went traveling and said, well, I'm giving you a discounted rent because you're going to handle these WhatsApp and Facebook groups of people that want to come and visit the tree where uh, my friend who died of cancer recently is buried. And that's how the grain started. And she said to me in a Starbucks while we were at a film festival, I can't believe it. These people won't leave me alone. I said, what's happening? She says, there's a dead girl in my yard. And I turned to her and said, I don't know. That's a movie. That's a film. That's a book. I'm not sure what it is, but it's something. And that's how it started. I can't even, but like, oh my goodness. It can, like, I, I'm so glad that you were like, yep, that that's something. Because I, I feel like it's the sort of thing, if someone said it, I'd be like, did you put her there? But um, I just, I like to know how far I should run if I need to run. But I love that you were like, um, yeah, let's run this. Stopped right there. She tells it was one of those aha moments, aha moments in Starbucks. And with my arms raised high, that's something and pointing. I don't know what it is. So anyway, we found it out. A couple of months later, we dove right in and started writing. I love that. And so that, I feel like that's a perfect segue into, can we have a reading from the book, please? Certainly. I'll start in chapter one, which is Poppy 1.0. Just after I moved into the guest house, they buried a dead girl in my yard. That's when my life turned upside down and inside out for the second time. The first time was when the doctors rearranged my colon. I was thrilled to move into the Panya Canyon guest house, a boho chic area north of Los Angeles. I knew about Topanga from growing up the nearby San Fernando Valley. Now as a struggling, most unemployed actress, I was living in a terrible Hollywood neighborhood. It was cute, a little bungalow, but the environment was killing me. Dirty, filthy, hot, too much traffic, people living on the edge. Hollywood was no longer glamorous. And at age 46, I was done stepping over homeless people. Sorry, not sorry. And I deserve better and better. The universe spoke when I met Lily at a Hollywood acting workshop. She was exotic looking in a mixed something, a 22-year-old gal and a light Buddhist like me. I usually do enough chanting to keep the demons and gremlins away from the day. Oh, to be 20 again and be able to eat, drink, smoke, and snort anything. That was several decades behind me. My five-foot-six lanky frame was getting flabby. Yes, even skinny people can get flabby. I was in yucky perimenopause with the last of my overcooked eggs dropping into withering fallopian tubes and heading down through my dried-up hoo-ha. Luckily, at first glance, you can't tell this is happening unless you're airport security staff. So I love that she's 46. I love her voice. Can you talk to us about developing the character of Poppy? Well, it's actually, Mia Altieri is actually a uh, middle-aged actress and struggled in Hollywood. So <laughs> I heard her voice uh, speaking to me about this experience, and it just blossomed from there. So 
her voice. And in fact, by the way, as we speak, she is recording the, the her chapters of the audiobook right this very minute in L.A. I recorded the dead girl chapters, right? So I, I do Dahlia, who's the dead girl, and she's doing Poppy, which is based on her voice anyway. So I had, we just, we just took it and we, we kind of amplified it and took it to the next level. And our publisher describes it as stand-up. It's like one, the Poppy chapters are pure stand-up. So easily run in, in a comedy club in the middle of the night and read out from the book. I feel like I would go. Yeah. I, I, I can't say that there's too many comedy clubs that I would go to, but I feel like I would definitely go to hear, um, to hear Poppy, like just tell the, tell this story and especially the way that you read it. It's just such a joy. But what was that like, like working with a co-author? How did that kind of go? It was interesting. You know, uh, Mia's an actress, obviously she's also a painter uh, and she's also a, a voiceover narrator. So, you know, it was built in to do this. And we, I started, I kicked it off with a couple of chapters and then I had her kind of fill in the blanks. I said, this is the way I think we should, uh, we should outline, you know, the beginning of the book. And we actually had a great time in the beginning. This is, this is actually pre COVID. And we were just laughing at all the stuff we came up with. (laughs) And then COVID hit. And I said, you know, I think we need to be a little more serious. So I said, (laughs) originally we were going to have any dead girl chapters, you know? So I said, no, we got to bring her to life and give her a backstory. And her backstory is she's a Miami a Cuban refugee. And as far as the actual dead girl, by the way, was an immigrant and a journalist and a health wow. guru. So we kept some of it in there that she was a, had a, a YouTube following about health issues. So we kept that and again, made it exaggerated, <laughs> amplified. And so that was the inspiration. But it's funny how COVID kind of deepened the narrative and the storyline and I had never written crime or suspense before. So I had to really watch myself. My previous books was novella, a comedy, and the dating guide, and then a fantasy romance. So crime suspense was not my genre, my, my wheelhouse. So I had to teach myself how to do that. I love that. But I also love that you all included, um, I want to say the dead girl, but that you all included her in it. It's kind of like a, another way of, of a legacy for her. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and we would get we would get uh, messages from the tree because she was she lived in the guest house looking at the tree up until two months ago, by the way. So oh, she was wow. still doing mourner management up until recently, and then she had to move out because the owner sold the house, the property, and by the way, did not tell the new owners about the dead girl in the yard, <laughs> as far as we know. Yes, but by now they probably know because people have come by. People are trying to come to visit. Yes, that's already happened. And so uh, I said, you better get off that Facebook and WhatsApp group because they could tell them that you no longer live there. So uh, oh. <laughs> I like your answer to it. You know, I just deleted it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. That's right. So, like all the evidence has gone with me. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine moving into a house and then people knocking on your door saying, like, I'd like to come see you. And you're going, there's no one here by that name. And they're going, yes, there is. <laughs> well in the book we have all sorts of people ex-husbands the current oh, husband the followers of her apparently she she made up potions she's actually a santera you know what that is and she's actually a trained santera and from from uh from miami and uh, so she was she morphed into you know self-help videos and potions in the book and they're of course a lot of a lot of devotees that come 
and the first thing they want is they, they're running out of their of their potions and they want refills. Right, right. So right. They're gonna refill for their magic oh. potions. And then in the book, um, the uh, the dead girl actually was in witness protection program. So so that's how we have a backstory about Miami narco families and and things like that. And she gets and, and Poppy gets entangled with these people, and wow. more than she wants, gets more than she's bargained for. Wow. With that in mind, can we have another reading, please? Sure, sure. We have to do. So she's in the guest house, right? So uh, Lily is mostly the uh, the owner, and uh, Mujin, entered, her mother, enters the main house rolling two large suitcases and looked like she was moving in. I was conflicted about telling Lily and didn't want to be positioned to throw her mother out, which is what she asked me to do, and send her back to China. Uh, I knocked on the front door hoping Mujin would know something about this jag- jaguar. As I pushed open, I saw Mujin unpacking a paper house, a car, money, and child figures. Mujin spotted me and beckoned me to come in. Oh, come, help me. These are for Dahlia, she said, handing me a paper car. Why does Dahlia need these, I asked. Effigies for afterlife. She need car, house, money, and children she never had. Poor girl, so sad. Mujin sniffed as she continued unpacking. Dahlia's husband is taking the jag, but where is it? Go tell him we sell it already. He no like him. I think he was fake marriage. Green card. Mujin headed to the door into the yard. I followed her. She set up the effigies around the olive tree and then took out incense sticks. Mujin handed me a stick and motioned for me to wave it around the yard. We put a stick for any bad spirit that man bring to her. That girl, she announced. I had many questions about Dahlia, Acer, who owned the house. But Mujin was now kneeling and waving the smoking sticks around the tree. Then she turned to me and asked, Show me tongue, she insisted. I reluctantly stuck out my tongue. Mujin nodded and barked. Hot damp body. No spicy food for you. You have tummy problem. Call me. I fix. She handed me her business card. Mujin Ju, PhD, Alfalfa Neuroscience Institute. I pretended not to be surprised. You know, so I was I was reading through some of the, some of the other books, and I and I love the video for Matched in Heaven. Is oh, this um? Yes, it's animated, isn't that good? Yeah, yeah, and it, and I love like the expressions, and it just makes you really want to one like see it in a video, <laughs> like see it as like a film, um, right. but also to of course it makes you want to read the book. And I was looking at the title, so it was Matched in Heaven, and then suddenly single Sylvia. And then now there's a dead girl in my yard. And I was thinking about this kind of thread, this interesting theme that seems to be around relationships. And for me, I'd like love to know what, well, I'm sure that in your research for the dating guide, um, you've learned a few tricks and a few tips. And so I'd like to know if you could tell us a little bit about what that research was and something that you could tell us that might help those of us who might be in that dating period of life? Sure. I actually wrote several articles based on the book uh, from the dating guy. We morphed, we morphed some of those tips into larger, you know, expansive uh, guidance. And a couple of things is the mantra that Sylvia, which Sylvia is the protagonist of Suddenly Single Sylvia. And that is when you get rejected, it's not rejection, it's protection. And, mm. and, uh, and also if there's, there's, um, there's also a widespread increase, I think, in many uh, areas of um, STDs among seniors in the United States. Mm. So one of other Sylvia's mantras are protection and not infection. 
even for seniors is important. But one of the other ones that I love, and by the way, Suddenly Single Seva is based on a real a dating coach and uh, who was connected to a guy that I wrote about in Matched in Heaven. So there is, a, it's an odd connection there. Oh, so, wow. so one of them is don't give up until date six, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And some people say they don't make it till date six, but <laughs> don't give up. So one of, one of the, the uh, things. And also how to recognize, you know, from looking at the dress and their demeanor, where are the red flags? And we, we, we actually put them like beach flags, so like red, you know, no go, red flag, green flag, orange flag, you know, depending upon how many red flags you see in their demeanor and all that. Another big one is not to talk about health issues. That's a big thing, you know, among seniors here, obviously, older people, because everybody has some pre-existing condition over out of a certain age. After percentages are huge. After 50, it's, it's like 40 or 50 and then after 60 or 70 it's like 75 percent has it one crazy do not talk about health issues on the first date do we wait till date number six <laughs> and then if you can make it till date number six right between one and six maybe you can talk about health issues so uh and I, here's another interesting this i learned this from my son and and his and their millennials is that they in the united states you know we have credit scores right right Apparently, that's a big thing too. Is to is to trade credit scores to compare, because a bad credit score in the U.S. means that you may have a lot of debt and 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 some hidden stuff going on. So apparently, that's a uh, that's a thing now. Also, in dating in general, is comparing credit scores. How do you like that one? I, I have to say, I don't because I, I can't imagine someone like the date number three and they're going through that. Like I don't know. Yeah, maybe that disclosure, like they're they're learning what they can tell me, and like not have me be like, mm, check please, and um, <laughs> or going to the bathroom and not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> I have. You see, I haven't yet done that. I have texted to tell people that it wasn't going as well as you know, they may have thought. And um, and people were like, wow, like wouldn't you talk to them? And I'm going, why? Like, surely they saw the signs, right. but. I can't imagine a point, like especially right now, where someone would say, so what's your credit score? And I'd be thinking, wow, I don't even know if I want to know you for two more hours. And you're thinking like so long term. <laughs> exactly. It's very interminable as it is, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting that like the they're like answers could be the red flag, whereas I'm thinking the, the very question just might be a red flag. Whereas <laughs> about like is there is there is there ex if it's is this, a, this could be a male or female is their spouse their ex spouse remarried that's a good one. You want to me? I have this is my thing. I want the I want the mother in law dead. Right. Oh, <laughs> But if they're remarried, it's okay. And the kids, that's the other thing. The kids are independent and they're away and they're far away, or at least they're independent. No, because I've been, I've been married too many times. I've been married three times. I almost got married four, right? And I've gone through the gamut. Stepchildren, which mother-in-laws, which uh. sister-in-laws. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had it all. Yeah, I know. I know. Bad, bad, bad. So I can impart a lot of, so a lot of my... My red flags are to do with their, with the accoutrement, the some of the baggage they bring. They bring, yeah. Them, right. So, yeah. I can see you going. Oh, so who is that? Oh, th that's your mother. Oh, how is she feeling? <laughs> really, 
But it's funny though because with the um like is the person married? Because and it's funny that like if they're dead, like if their ex is is dead, I'm always like feeling like I need to ask and did you kill them? Or like, how did they die? All the time because of all my dead husbands. I mean, or they I always say natural causes. They're all dead natural causes. Oh yeah, I, I have to keep that kind of big secret now too because people with the raised eyebrows. Oh my god, you know. Yeah, I do feel like if somebody says to me like, um, yeah, and my 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 six wives and you know, God God rest their soul, <laughs> I'd be like, you know, I'm a red flag. I'm a damn red flag. <laughs> If I were to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth about the dead husbands, I'm a big red flag. But it's in my book. The Mashed in Heaven is about the three dead husbands, actually. Oh wow! That's got the that's got all the the dead the whole death. I had to let it out. That well, I didn't actually marry the the fourth one, so it was it didn't get that far. We weren't together that long, but we were going to. It was just like a fiance. So two dead husbands and a fiance. That's a movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> It certainly is. I feel like I'd watch it. I can't... Yeah, right. Exactly right. Yeah. But I do always feel like if I don't ask, then um, I always picture these BBC moments, and so I picture someone saying like, um, oh yeah, my um, my dead, you know, ex person, and me going like, ooh, and wanting to know. And I haven't been in the UK too long or so long that I'm like super polite. So I will ask, and I would say, like, I feel like there's somewhere someone going, oh, I really want to know, and then not asking. And I imagine this BBC reporter coming up as you're, like, tied up in the trunk somewhere, going, and so, <laughs> you thought you wouldn't ask about, <laughs> about you know, the dead six, exactly. And well, they're going, and, right. exactly. So I'm like, nope, I'm not going to be that sort of victim. I'm going to ask. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Although... I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I if I was the sort of person who had um, helped, I don't know. But I, I feel like I don't know. Would I tell the truth if someone was like, "Oh, and how did yeah. your ex die?" Would I say I killed them? Like, you know, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, the lovely thing now is Google. I mean, years yeah, have Google to look at to find people. You know, and so not that you could, not that some of those girls that got ripped off. There's that Netflix series of the girls got ripped off that were one was in London actually, one was in Stockholm. By this, mm. this Israeli guy. That's there's a whole Netflix series on that. But even googling that guy, it didn't come up. But at least you got a fighting chance now with Google to yeah. find somebody's at least some uh, trail, some paper trail. Right? And when you can't, that becomes another red flag. That's right. That's right. See, that's the thing. So years ago, that wasn't the case. You, you mm. went on scene. You had no idea. No, that's true. I was watching your short film. Um, with uh, the Craigslist one. And it made me laugh because Craigslist was like this, it seemed like anything was possible in there, this like hotbed of whatever. <laughs> so watching your short film just like that. brought me back. That group, we did many, we did, took a Craigslist ad, we translated into another language and did it in the, in the, in the, uh, the, 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 um, and the part of a, of a, uh, of a director. So we picked a famous director, took a Craigslist ad, the, which no longer exists. They no longer do the personal ads at Craigslist, right? So that was when they Thankfully. did uh, they did those personal ads in Craigslist. You know, that's when that, that the Craigslist killer came, right? And that killed that. So literally, so um, <laughs> mine was one of the last of the series, and so we took a real Craigslist ad from Miami, and I translated into Italian, and we did it like a Fellini film around the fa- we used Griffith Park Fountain as a, as the Trevi Fountain, <laughs> and we had a Marcello character chasing the girl. And in the agreement, he's like finds her in the in the parking lot of of Home Depot, and he's chasing her in Home Depot. Yeah, so 
And her laugh was hilarious, though. That was, that was great. It was a good. And the same director did Sylvia, which there's a 10-minute film. I don't know if you saw the trailer for that. No, not yet. It was a 10-minute short that we went around festivals. Uh, it's based on the book, so as well. So we did that. So. Oh wow! I'll have to. I'll have to look that one up. So before I let you go, could we have one final reading, please? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. So should I read from the dead girl? Oh, that would be lovely. Okay, good. Yes. Okay. So this is uh, chapter 11, Casa Iris. Her, uh, so the dead girl's name was Edis Iris. That's before she was a witness protection, by the way. So she became dead. I was happy to be back in Miami, but still hated Cardoso. Even though he and his papi bought me a business in 2006, it was my dream come true, my own botanica. Casa Iris was a storefront in the two-story building in Miami's Little Havana. It had always been a lively area with people at the outdoor bars sipping cafecito, café con leche, or a cortado. The Cubans can go head-to-head with the Italians any day with coffee variations. You could hear Cuban music on every corner. Plus, there were old men arguing, smoking cigars, people dancing. They say it was a replica of the old Havana. My father-in-law, Papio, had an office on the second floor. There was an access to a stairway with the back storage room. I watched him, breathing heavily as he struggled to get up the stairs, all his 400 pounds. And he shouted, Ascensor, carajo! I need an elevator! I feared he would collapse into a heap and suggested he create an office downstairs when he needed privacy. He asked me to keep half the storeroom with his inventory. I knew of his warehouse deliveries from the airport. But I didn't have to worry about anything to run my business. Casa Iris' account had plenty of cash. Papio didn't think I was capable of handling the own books. I said, do you think I'm estupida and incapaz? No. One day I will. you can take over the accounts. Sure, sure, sure. These Cuban guys were pieces of work from another century. They were still trying to keep women out of the loop and in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. Thank you so much for the readings. It's been so engaging and I'm absolutely and like I can't wait to just pick up the book and to read their I want to say adventures, but really to to read the story of their lives and death. And thank you just so much for for joining us. And my final question would be so where can we find the book? And you did say there's also going to be an audiobook. Where can we find that? The, uh, well, they're probably on Amazon. Um, you can find the book on, on, on there as well. There's a dead girl in my yard. Uh, the audio book probably won't be released until the end of the summer. Okay. Uh, but right now it's on paperback and Kindle. Wonderful. Thank you ever so much. And is it? are you on social media? Can people follow you, contact you there? Yes. It's uh, AngelaPage.net is my website. And uh, on uh, Twitter and Insta, I'm AngelaPage1200. Wonderful. Angela, thank you so much for being our guest. I absolutely enjoyed uh, just talking to you, all of your dating tips. Thank you. I'll let you know how those go and especially appreciate the red flags. Okay. So, okay. 